Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. It's just me again this week. Phil did the last two, and I'm going to tell you why, first of all. It's a little bit embarrassing. I was out, my uncle and his uh, missus were joining me last week. They came to visit, and I was shown around Chengdu, and I got massive sunburn on my bald head. And <laughs> full disclosure, I, was, I looked at a test, test video of the, the podcast, and I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. As you can see, I'm still a little bit red, but I pretty much recovered to the point where it wouldn't be too embarrassing. So that's why I missed last week's podcast, and Phil had to cover for me. So this week, got a few updates for you. Uh, first of all, now we'd be interested to hear your feedback on this one, but to you know, to the veteran sort of clients that we have. But we told you a long time ago. Well, not that long actually. It's about a couple of months ago, I guess, that we're going to make the pronunciation mastery free. And we did. And a couple of weird things happened. So we had so many people sign up. And we got really excited about it. Because, you know, the whole reason we made it free is to make sure that more people know about it and know about, about our brand and all that. Because, you know, we're an up and coming sort of company. And what happened was we had like, I think it was something like since those last in the last two, two months, we've had like 800 people sign up and hardly any of them were actually taking any of the videos and we know not to toot our own horns but we know that this is a great video course and i haven't seen anything better in the way of pronunciation in terms of a video course that's out there right so we were you know but i think what it is it's like that psychological thing of it something free you don't you don't attach any value to it but also at the same so i said to film maybe we should sort of try and charge something for it and we ended up deciding that no we're not going to charge anything for it again because we said it's free and it's free and if we felt like if we went back on that it would just be you know but our goal is not necessarily to make a profit in this case our goal is to get more people into it get more people learning Chinese it's just not happening uh, I think sorry if Phil's already told you this last week I've been so busy I haven't checked his podcast but Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that Pronunciation Mastery is still technically free, but we're going to make it a part of the paid subscription of the Mandarin Blueprint method. So this makes a lot of sense to us because, first of all, for the last four, almost, yeah, like four-ish years since we've been doing this, the Mandarin Blueprint was always a five-step process, you know, pronunciation first, characters words or vocabulary then grammar like or sentences rather and then and then output or you know basically input then output starting with pronunciation and the brand we you know the mandarin blueprint method sans pronunciation doesn't feel like it's not the whole mandarin blueprint method really uh so we're not going to increase the price of the subscription but we're going to make pronunciation mastery a part of the subscription so yeah technically there's still a paywall but it's te also technically still free. Do you see what I mean? So uh, it seemed like the best situation, uh, like the best solved to that uh, solution to that problem. And hopefully everyone's going to be happy with that that's on the course already. But uh, yeah, so that's what's going to happen with that. But to, just to make sure there's no hard feelings for anyone that might for some reason have hard feelings, uh, we're going to make sure that we extend, we, we give you loads of notice. So originally it was going to be June the 1st. But uh, we want to make sure that we, because the way Facebook campaigns work, we want to make sure that 
we test audiences and make sure that everyone sees it that we want to see. And that takes a while. So we're going to extend that time to July 1st. So on July 1st, we're going to be taking away pronunciation mastery, not taking away, but we're going to be sort of uh, putting it as a part of the subscription for the Mandarin Blueprint method, which again, will not increase in price. So that's the first update. Again, sorry if you've already heard that one, but I just want to make sure we're all clear on that. Uh, the second one is actually really exciting. We've got the, the system, the, the platform that we use to deliver our video courses to you is a wonderful platform called Kajabi. And we sort of rent the platform, it's not ours. Um, and one thing that they do have, which is very, very high level, very, very robust is their affiliate program. So we've set it up now, I've set up the page on the website. If you go to the main page of our normal website, the Mandarin, uh, sorry, mandarinblueprint.com, you'll see a new sort of header menu uh, section, and it says work with us. So if you click on that, there's three ways to work with us. Number one is affiliates. And there's a couple of sort of choices for if you're a school. Um, so you want to sign up for a large amount of students to use our program. Or if you're a business and you want to help your employees improve their Mandarin, Mandarin. Uh, so, so that's a callback to a previous podcast. Um, the affiliate program is really easy. So if you click on it, uh, you can sign up the instructions are all there on the page that I mentioned to you. We've just put it at 30%. So if you click it, like if you sign up with a link, sign up as an affiliate under our program, you'll get your own link. And if you send that link to someone, they click on it, they go through to our sales page. And within 30 days, if they make any purchase whatsoever, you get 30% of turnover. And that's it. So if you like our program, and you're sort of internet marketing savvy, you want to make some dollar, you can do it. All you need to do is go and sign up. If you've got any questions more about that, well, you know, I'll be happy to answer any emails or anything like that. So that's really cool. It's just another way for us to spread the word about the product. And um, we've got a couple of new free things available too. So uh, again, this is probably already mentioned by Phil and even myself, I'm just forgetting about it. But um, Phil's webinar, he's got a new webinar all about how to learn Chinese from your own lived experience. And this is basically Phil walking you through how he used the hands and movie method, the method that we use to learn characters personally. And he go, goes through all of these cool examples and movie clips and movie characters and all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's very interesting. And also he talks about how to learn words a little bit and grammar afterwards. So that's just quite cool, just a free thing that we want to put out there. So you can find that from the resources section of the, the main website. And um, we've also got a rapid acquisition crash course. So it's basically uh, a, another webinar that we used to have, we've cut it up into clips. And we've put those clips into a video course format just to make it more user friendly and fun to go through. And it's all about my story, how I, my failures with Chinese, uh, at least the first sort of unit is, uh, and then Phil comes in and talks about basically how, how the Mandarin Blueprint method works, but it's on a much more, it, we talk about the science behind it basically a lot, and the data that backs it up. And it's, it's very interesting. And at the very minimum, you'll learn a lot about language acquisition. So that's really cool. And the last thing, I just wanted to mention that, I mean, I just wanted to say a big thanks to all the case study 
uh, people we had recently. You know, we had, let's make sure I don't miss anyone. Um, we had Eric, uh, Ryan, uh, Abigail, Sydney, um, and I know there's one more as well. That's <laughs> not I'm forgetting. Uh, but yeah, we had we had a, a handful of people that were willing to take the time recently in the last you know few weeks and sit down with us for half an hour, one hour, and just chat about their progress. And we're using those as case studies, basically long form testimonials to again spread the word. And that, so thank you to all of you and and the person that I'm forgetting right now should have had him in front of me, shouldn't I? But uh, that's so helpful and. The way the Mandarin Blueprint method is set up, once you reach level 13, get past 105 characters, we automatically send you out an email asking you for a case study. But if there's anyone listening that hasn't had that email that would like to share their thoughts, uh, you know, positive and negative, <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, be happy to have a little interview or uh, possibly just, I mean, oh, John Hay, that's it, John Hay. The reason why I didn't remember him is because I didn't actually deal with him and we didn't have a one-to-one -one chat. He actually just answered some questions in, a, in sort of a, a written format. It was very funny, very interesting. He just wrote it out like that and sent it to us. And we're going to publish that as a blog post. In fact, we might have already done that. But doing those sorts of things helps us massively. So thank you all for that. Now, actually, today we've got a, <laughs> we've got a lot. I don't know. It, I remember the last couple of weeks, haven't we haven't had as many comments. But this week, I mean... It's been tons. We've got. I think we've just uh, we've just been lucky enough to to get some uh, clients recently, uh, some students or whatever you want to call them, but um, that have just been very generous with their time and wanting to share their ideas, get, uh, being very excited about the method or just very chatty people. So that's great. So let's jump in. You know, we've got as usual. We're going to start off with props and if there's anyone listening that is not on the Mandarin Blueprint method, a lot of this will be unfamiliar to you. That's fine. There's always blog posts that explain every single aspect of what we're going to talk about props sets, but me and Phil made a promise not to keep explaining what it is for people that are on the method. So let's jump in. So props. Uh, oh, and also please bear with me. I've lost my glasses. I feel like Velma Scooby-Doo. Um, so I'm sort of trying my best here to see everything properly, but just bear with me on that. First prop is from Chad, and it's pick a prop for, oh, I don't even know what this is actually called. I think it's something to do with step, um, but we went, well, I remember I thought of this one, I was quite proud of myself for this, because uh, the man component or human component, you could say, is on usually on the left of, of characters. So we thought, oh, for a representation of that prop, choose Chuck Norris. And then there's another prop that is also fairly common, and it ha it's basically looks exactly the same, but it's got an extra line, which kind of looks like a an army sort of grading. So I thought, okay, who's one step above Chuck Norris? Well, Bruce Lee. He beat he beat Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. I think he beat him in more than one film, didn't he? Anyway, Bruce Lee is obviously the king, so of, of that sort of being a badass manliness. So he should be that one step up from Chuck Norris. But Chad went for Steven Seagal. Fine. Each to their own, I guess, you know. Steven Seagal is is a bit of a badass. Or at least he's very good at pretending to be one. Um sorry Chad. Uh so the next one is now this uh this lady is a, is a new a new student of ours and she's given so many great comments 
And I feel bad because I'm probably going to pronounce your name wrong. I want to say hija, hija as in like daughter in Spanish or something, but or, but uh, I'm probably wrong on that. So I'm going to say Ija, just in case. So Ija Amrahi on pick a prop for ban, meaning half. She says, I picked half a brain. It has almost the same look with the salty and the giri, don't know what that is. It has textures, squishy, hence great sound effects, brilliant. And it invokes somewhat, you gross sort of emotion. And location-wise, it's anatomically close to the horns. Wow, she's really thought about that one. Fantastic, because horns are a part of this prop technically. So that works very well. Next prop is from Ellery Hall for, uh, this is tea, which means, it, well, to beg. Or it's at least that's, that's the meaning of the character, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think this goes very well with a jack-in-the-box. There's this, there's this lid, and the component underneath it really looks like a J. Okay, so that's... We, they, we usually say two different ways of choosing a prop. Well, technically three, right? So one is choosing it based on the appearance, one is based on the meaning, and one is kind of both. So, look, for example, there's a, the right component of jiao, meaning to call in Chinese, looks like a number four. So we say choose a golf club because of, you know, four, yeah. So this is kind of what Ellery's sort of gone for. And this is an example of this method being really flexible. This is so personal to Ellery. <laughs> like if, if someone saw Jack in the Box for that, they'd just be like, what? But it works for, sorry, I don't actually know if Ellery is a girl or a boy's name, but it works for this person very well. So that's good. Fantastic job. Uh, Ija Amrahi again on pick a prop for J, meaning only. Now it's an abstract component. So we say, choose some only as it. What do you think of when you think of only? Well, we suggest uh, Oliver Twist. He only has gruel or he, he has very little. So, But she's gone with a tiger. Again, very personal because the first time she uh, she heard about zhi, it's also a measure word for animals or small animals. Yichigou, like a cat or, sorry, dog or yichimau, a cat. Uh, oh, actually, oh, I guess it's Idralahu. It's not so small, is it? But it's still a cat. Whatever. Uh, the measure word was from Liang Idralahu, a children's song. That means two tigers. And my only daughter was born in the year of the tiger. So again, she's got two connections. That's brilliant to that one prop. Uh, another one from Ija is a pick a prop T. Actually, I'm not going to keep saying her name because she's got about ten this this uh, this time. So I'm just going to run through them. Another one she's got is uh, for T number seven, a junk boat, uh, sorry, a junk sailboat sailing the seven seas. Now that's an example of one that's maybe a bit far removed. It's because try not to leave any degrees of separation if you can, but that's just a general guideline. We always say we give general guidelines, but people can break the rules all the time. But I just don't, I wouldn't want necessarily people copying that as a rule to choose your uh, props but it probably works for Ija, no problem. Uh, next one, for the three dots of water, we suggest, you know, a fountain or a uh, water balloon, a water gun, whatever, a, bo uh, a big bucket, of, uh, a bottle of water. She picked saliva, such a fun prop. It has smell, texture, sound, and evokes emotions. Well, I, I'd say so. One thing um, you've got to be careful with, with sort of amorphous things, um, and if your English is not your first language, you might not know that word. Amorphous is just not doesn't have a solid shape. You know, it's not something you go, oh, this is a mouse. 
you know, this is a cup, right? Saliva could be, it's just goo, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it might be a bit confusing or it might take a bit longer to recall it. Uh, so if you had, for example, I don't know, a character that spits in a movie a lot. Um, there's a, anyway, I saw this movie where it's like this um, southern guy who's always chewing tobacco. He never talks throughout the whole movie and he always spits in a spittoon. Or Lenny from Simpsons, he used to do it. He had a spitting teaching class. You see what I mean? So choosing a, choosing a physical person or animal or object that is a fixed shape is sort of a better way to go. But again, you know, probably works fine for you, EJ. I'm just saying for other people listening. Uh, another one is the minion. So this is pick a prop for uh, Tong, which well, has a couple of meanings, but one of the meanings we say is to follow. Um, it looks like sort of two people following each other. I, think, I believe that was the original meaning of that character. And she says minions, or well, minions are sort of the epitome of following, aren't they? And they all have burst, uh, they, she says they're cute, they have personalities, borderline annoying, and will follow you everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, another one for Dai. This is a good one. Dai means to substitute. Again, very abstract meaning. How do you, and, and we're asking you to choose a prop to represent, a physical object to represent that. She went for packets of splendor, which, good idea, good idea. Because, um, you know, they substitute sugar, don't they? Works for me. Uh, another one from Isa is for Hua, um, which does mean to transform. So he, she picked Goku or Sun Goku. I'm not sure if that's the same thing. I used to watch a bit of Dragon Ball Z in my uh, semi-childhood. Um, a person who's searching for seven Dragon Balls and able to transform into a Super Saiyan, of course. Very good choice. And you could even incorporate that into the scenes, which would be fun. Next one. Uh, well, this doesn't have a pronunciation as far as I remember, but uh, it means hook. It represents a hook. And we always say, you know, don't just think of hook. Think of specific things that you associate with personally. And for Ija, she's gone with uh, the uh, Maui's fish hook from the movie Mona. Or Moana, sorry. I believe. I'm not really sure what that is. But yeah, uh, very good. Make it specific. Okay, so they're all the props that we have for, for this week. Actually, there was a few more that I saw come up just before the podcast, but we didn't have time to put them in. No worries, we'll, we'll address them next week. Uh, the next one is actors. So these are people that represent the initials. So we'll always get some interesting ones. In fact, we've got a bunch this week. That's great. <clears throat> Again, Ija has been very uh, talkative and commenting a lot, which is, which is going to really help not only us, but more importantly, it's going to help the new people joining the course. So Jay Anderson on Fool. So that'll be a uh, that'll be a, a fictional character. Faulty Basil, John Cleese in Faulty Towers. So yeah, we, we usually say associate with an F, but as long as it's it's some got some connection to an F, you're going to have no problem. So Faulty Basil, Faulty, excellent. Uh, Linear Linnea. On casting call for ZH, so that'd be a man. She's gone with J, Jim Carrey. Brilliant. Lots you can do with him. Ija has given a bunch for DU, Do, so it should be fictional characters. So she's, she's gone with Doraemon, but other choices just to help people out. Dougie, I don't know who that is. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, of course. Psyduck. Baby Shark. <laughs> Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. 
my little niece when I was going back to at Christmas. That because that's that ninety nine percent of you won't know what the hell I'm talking about or what she's on about. But I have a specific because that it's a very repetitive and very catchy song for kids. Um, so that's going to be. Uh, that's a, a very good one, especially for mums or, or children wanting to learn this method. And of course, Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. She must have kids. <laughs> she must have must have kids. Uh, another one from uh, Ija is uh, casting call for Ku. The only character I could relate with this Ku is Po from Kung Fu Panda. There's a potential confusion with Pu, perhaps, probably not. But Pikachu is a much more vivid PU actor for me. Don't worry about that sort of stuff for, for you, EJ, and anyone else listening. If you think, oh, but this, I want to choose this one, but it also has a similar spelling or the same, don't worry about that because you are going to develop such a close relationship with the vast majority of these actors. After, you know, 50, 100 characters, it's not going to be an issue whatsoever. And it won't be an issue anyway, as long as you use the flashcards, uh, the Yankee flashcards which are optional, but we recommend because there's so few of them, you know, it's only 55 actors, 55 flashcards, and you can do them like that very sort of instantly. So don't worry about that uh, for now. Uh, casting call for QI, so that'd be a female actor. My original QI actress was The Queen, but then it's probably wiser to appoint her as my Chu actress. Good, good call. Yeah, because the QU, the NU, the LU, the, or, you know, the, the umlaut, the Chu, uh, Chu, Lu, um, why can't it, Nu, you know, all these different ones. There's only six of them. We recommend either world leaders or gods or some other separate category. Royal family, I guess, could count as world leaders too. So that's good, thinking about that. Um, then I changed to Queen Latifah. Brilliant. Not sure if that's a good choice. Visually distinguishable, but they're both queens. Any thoughts? Fine. I didn't. I should have. I, don't, I think I've replied to this, but I will make sure I do uh, in writing too, just in case you don't watch this. Um, but yes, that's absolutely fine. Again, you're going to such a close relationship with these people or animals or characters, whoever you're you're choosing these fictional things and these, these real women and men. Don't worry about that. Uh, Gu, another fictional actor grew from Despicable Me. And another bunch from Ija uh, here for BU. Got Bulbasaur, Butterfree, okay, again, must have kids. Uh, Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. Boo, Monsters Inc. Boo Boo Bear, Yogi Bear. Betty Boop, Bubbles, Blossom, Buttercup for the Powerpuff Girls. That's brilliant. Boss Baby, seen that. I'm ashamed to say I've seen all the, <laughs> I'm not that ashamed, but you know what I mean. I hang around with my nieces a lot when I'm in England, so that's all I pretty much do. Baby Dill, Rugrats, classic. Bananas in pajamas, Ben 10, Barney the Dinosaur, Big Bird, Bert, Sesame Street. What more could you want? Brilliant. Another set for FU, full. Uh, characters of Futurama, any Futurama character would be fine. Fry, Bender, Leela, etc. For CU, we've got Captain America, Charmander, Chameleon, all the, all the Ch Pokemon or C Pokemon. Chansey, QT, Mark, Crusaders, Cow and Chicken. Again, another classic. I'm starting to think that maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're just obsessed with cartoons, similar to me. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog, brilliant. Uh, so we've got loads of suggestions for, for uh, casting calls and props this week. Um, and that's really going to help people out. So thank you guys for that. 
Next, we're gonna move on to sets. So again, got the blog post there if you're not quite clear on what they are, but these are basically places from your life that you choose. So set the scene for ONG, we've got ONG. So uh, ONG, my ONG set is the labor ward of my training hospital. Very specific, brilliant. Because it's the most memorable place related to obstetrics and gynecology at ONG and it has its own pantry, bathroom, operating theater with distinct sounds of beeping machines, screaming mothers and crying babies. Yeah, fantastic choice there. So I, I noticed that you only chose a part of the hospital because hospitals are huge, right? And that goes for, you know, you know there's not many people would be familiar with that, familiar with hospitals, they don't work in them or train in them, but it makes me, it reminds me of schools. I chose my high school as just one of my sets, but it's so big, it could have easily been several, you know, a couple three, four, maybe even all of them if it's big enough. So for those of you who are maybe struggling to come up with 13 sets, we've have had people in the past that are really racking their brains and they end up choosing a place that isn't that familiar, but they sort of run out of places because they didn't live many places or they don't know many places or they just don't get outside much. Um, you know, choose a big place and just divide it up. <clears throat> and uh, you can, you don't, they don't have to be, uh, living rooms and kitchens and hallways and bathrooms, you know, not necessarily. Uh, they, you can choose your own boundaries when, if you really have to. So yes, yeah, a great, great one there. And we've got one more set suggestion, which was um, for OU at spouse. That was the sort of the linking word that Linnea chose for this set, which is really good. So spouse, OU. So she chose her in-laws house. Fantastic. All right, next we're gonna move on to movie scenes. This is kind of my favorite bit because this is where, for, for Phil and I, I think this is both our favorite part because we really get to see people getting the method, you know, and yeah, sometimes it's not perfect, the scenes, but it's, it's my favorite part because you get to see people's creativity come out. It's really fun. So Linnea's got a couple here for us. Um, for the movie, for make a movie for Cole. It's just a, it's just a square, but we want to make sure that we cover all bases and that we build a solid foundation. So this is made up of three new components, sort of a, a right angle, sort of a, like shaped like that, a straight line and another straight line, horizontal and vertical. And they represent, you know, some sort of stick. Uh, well, let's just go into it, let's jump into it. So let's see what she says. She says, my in-laws, so Cole, so it's OU, so it'll be in that her in-law's house for spouse. They've set up a strange shrine to a horse's head in their living room. Horse's head is what we recommend for that right angle component. And you'll find out why if you take the course. The horse's head is touched by Gandalf's staff, that's the horizontal sort of stick part, and begins to speak from its mouth. That's related to the keyword. Keanu Reeves, K, so he'd be the actor representative of the K, is horrified and stabs the sword into the mouth. So the sword will be the horizontal component. And I remember commenting, I was like, great scene, because it's so simple, it ticks all the boxes, and that's one, our number one rule is, well, sort of got two or three number one rules really, but one of our number one rules is keep it simple. And she's done that very well. Yeah, it shows it, it it uses all of the props. The actor is is definitely doing something, 
and it represents the keyword. In fact, twice the keyword is shown here, so it's very clear, or as clear as you could possibly be. Another one from Linnea for another movie for Zhong, uh, which means uh, middle. It's in Zhongguo, China. Jim Carrey, he's the J, remember, is spray painting a huge picture of Cookie Monster with his mouth open wide. So Cookie Monster is one of our suggestions for the mouth component, as for obvious reasons, if you know Sesame Street, which everyone pretty much does. Just outside of it, uh, so that he's just outside of the front of the church. That makes sense. He slams Gandalf's staff in the middle of the painting, completing his artistic vision. I'll suddenly just read this from the beginning. I'm, I always do this, sorry. I sort of read it in a weird way. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So let me say it again. So Jim Carrey is spraying, is spray painting a huge picture of Cookie Monster oh, with his mouth open wide, just outside the front of the church. He slams Gandalf's staff in the middle of the painting, completing his artistic vision. Great scene as well. Uh, one slight thing that I might be concerned about, and very slightly, is having 2D uh, pictures. Now, it might be such a vivid, colorful image, this Cookie Monster, right, that it will never, you'll never, it will never fade away. But it's always best, if you can, to try and imagine 3D objects. Now, yeah, maybe he paints Cookie Monster and Cookie Monster comes to life. Yeah, and then it becomes real. But always try to do that if you can. Because I don't know why, I don't, I don't know the science behind it. I don't think any scientists know the science behind it. But th these 2D pictures, they tend to fade. And all you, say, all you tend to remember is just the, 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 the physical picture or, or the wall itself. But the image can change easily. I don't know why that is. But just uh, watch out for that in the future. But overall, very good. Will Henry for the movie for Gong which I believe we've chosen, yeah, public, good. Um, let's see what he's done with this one. The concept of public was hard for me to visualize at first. Yes, it's, it's abstract, right? So let's see how he handled this. I decided to use the concept of a business going public. Gordon Ramsay, G, or Gong, is in the parking lot of my hometown gym, which is the ONG, and there is an uncountable stack of frog legs. So that's what uh, Will chose for those two legs. Well, they look like legs, you know, basically for number, number eight, it looks like two legs. One by one, he is ripping them apart with his pop eye muscled. And that's, the, that's like the, uh, the lower component. Oh yeah, because you chose, yeah, because he chose, uh, chose Popeye for that. Or Popeye arms rather. Um, when I asked him what on earth he's doing with all these frog's legs, he hurriedly shouts at me that he has had to massively expand his restaurant's operation because they are going public. Now, usually I would say this is a bit too theoretical. It's a bit, it's not very, because the idea of, we need to make the idea of public as visual as we possibly can, right? But it's really, it is challenging. But the fact that you have, first of all, this is personal to Will, uh, the idea of going public, maybe that's just the way Will thinks. He's more of a business-minded person. Or he knows about Gordon Ramsay, because Gordon, Gordon Ramsay also, is a, as well as being a chef, he's a very astute sort of businessman, right? So that is actually not bad at all. But I would just say that I might choose a more visual aspect of it. Maybe, maybe if I was going to say go public, I would have some sort of... Um, 
I don't know, something more like uh, Wall Street-esque to it, perhaps. Or I would choose public as like, you know, more, much more emotional and, and, and visual, like being naked in public or like in your underpants in your in your um, exam room or something, you know, those horrible nightmares that, not, not me obviously, but some people have. Um, maybe something a bit more evocative like that. But uh, I think I think that will work. I think that will work quite well. Got a quick scene here from Ija. Make a movie for Cha, as in to sing. The location is fourth tone, so it's in the bathroom of his, her Ampang house. Not sure what that obviously means, but she does, and that's the important part. Uh, her scene, Charlie Chaplin, Cha, joyfully holding up two sun props and the mouth singing a song on his behalf. You're my sunshine, my only sunshine. And this is something that I've never been able to do and, and properly recall is music. I'm not a very musical person. But if you are, then it will it have adding theme tunes and, and things like that to your to your scenes really do help a lot. So well done. Very simple, very straightforward, and get gets to, gets from A to B very easily. So I like that. Next one, Julia Nicole or Nicole on make a movie for Ma. This is, means horse. It's made up of horse head, toilet, and some sort of razor blade or sword. Let's have a look what she's got. That's our suggestions anyway, and then but you can choose whatever you like. My college friend Matt, that's the M, the M, is in the bedroom of the home where I used to live in Merid A, Merida. I think Mexico, right? So that represents the A uh, location. A giant razor blade is stuck in the bottom of the golden toilet. Ah, you've chosen a golden toilet. Very nice. Causing a terrible leak. Matt uses one of those children's horse toys on a stick to try and plug the leak. Okay, well done. So you've sort of gone, rather than the bloody, horrible um, godfather horse's head style, you've gone for the lovely, like, toy horse's head. Thank you. He jams it into the horse's... Uh, sorry, he jams this toy horse head into the toilet bowl to fix the leak, I assume. What a fool. This will never work. Of course the leak does not stop. But what Matt has actually done is awoken an ancient Mayan spell that transforms the leaky toilet with the horse in it into a real horse. I like that a lot, actually. Actually, um, <clears throat> Again, it's something that I personally and uh, have always struggled with is more fantastical things like that, like your props transforming into certain things. But because your prop is already a horse's head and it's like a toy and it's changing into a horse, that does work. It's not too out of the realms of possibility, do you know, if you know, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's... But as one of the one of the rules, again, this is yours is fine. But just as a as a general rule, uh, and this is what I learned from Dominic O'Brien's book, one of, one of his many books on memory. He's an eight time world memory champion. Your brain, when you're imagining these scenes, you're you're what you're doing is tricking your brain into remembering false memories. You're creating false memories. But if your memories that you're creating are too crazy, just you know for no reason, like a crucifix that you're using, trans just explodes into fairy dust and, you know, just too fantastical. It, it actually ends up being harder to remember in a lot of cases. It's quite the opposite effect that you might think it has, right? Um, I, ironically, funnily enough, if you imagine things more down to earth, more real, but instead relying on human emotion and sound effects, more real things, it actually makes it 
easier to remember and it's easier to imagine, right, in the first place. Just a, just a, a bit of uh, food for thought there. Another one for Hua, as in the make a movie for this. Well, we actually used this as a prop earlier, didn't we? Um, I believe Ija. You, what did you use for the, the prop for the transform? I can't remember now. What was it? So next one here is for make a movie with Hua. So this is again Ija and you, you heard that she chose a prop for this earlier. Hua is to transform and she chose Goku for that prop. But this is for the movie to actually make the character and learn the character in the first place. So let's see what she's got. Jason Momoa, a manly man, so he's the man component on the left, was playing with a teeny tiny sailboat a junk boat that sails a seven seas, that set represents seven, that prop. And he's giggling away like a kid. And then he noticed the camera, as in your eyes, looking at him. And he, feeling a bit embarrassed, transforms into the Hulk while screaming, Arr. So that's a really interesting one. Usually the actor is present throughout the entire scene, but that's so memorable the way you've done that. He sort of comes out at the end. I think that's gonna work really well. So well done, because the, the Hulk is hua. Yeah, he's the actor that represents that HU. So very well done. Next one is from Jay Anderson. This is an interesting one because it's a very tough keyword and they've they've handled it very well. I say they, and I'll, well, you'll see why. So make a movie for John. Now the that can mean that means type or type of, um, and John as a fourth tone means um, to plant. Now. We, I suggest, I believe we suggested Jong uh, as in type of. Uh, and Ryan, uh, Jay says, I like Ryan's approach for this, since for me, both the props are people, farmer and Malcolm in the middle. I went over the homonym top with the homonym, I believe it's a homonym of type, with the two of them look, looking through a broad selection to choose which type of typewriter they would use for a type of, being judged by my ZH actor. Now, that's an interesting one. So just in case you're not clear on what I'm talking I've, I've put Ryan's comment below so you can check it out yourself. But basically what Ryan did, um, he said, oh, I'm having trouble thinking of a visualization for type of, because it's so abstract. So he's chosen a homonym, meaning a word that uh, sounds the same, but has a different meaning. So he's, uh, he's chosen the verb to type, as in on a keyboard, as a reference. So, and, I believe Jay's sort of taken that a little step further because he's he's got the typewriter thing, but they've also got types of typewriter just to make sure that it's very clear. Just to, and I've got no issue with that whatsoever, you know. But um, yeah, you could. You, I mean, you've actually chosen a really good idea for this scene. You might not even realize it, but you, you you've just got a copy of loads of different objects, or, or or you know, and your two actors are just looking which type do you like and they choose one, I like this type. So you don't actually have to have typewriters, it could just be an object from whatever room you're in, just copied many times, you know, but you know, that will work, that's brilliant. Another one from Ija here on make a movie for what, as in to live or alive. She asks, anyone in the medical field here? The actor is the Hulk again, it's HU. The props are licky tongue and saliva. I'd be interested to see what she does with this saliva thing, so let's see. The Hulk passed out in the kitchen after a dire battle. Licky Tongue found him unconscious, so he's the tongue component, and gave him CPR, 100 to 120 beats per minute, whilst the song Staying Alive is on in the background. I've heard this, that she's actually teaching you about CPR here as well. 
After 30 compressions, it, it, Licky Tongue decided to give him two rescue breaths with lots and lots of saliva. Hulk came to life with a twinkle in his eyes, thankful, albeit feeling a tad gross. Great story, a great scene. But yeah, that does sort of call attention to my concern earlier about saliva. It, it's, you know, you, you, maybe you imagined it in such a gross way with sound effects and stuff. Um, that it, you'll you'll remember it, but for me, the way at least the way you've written it, it doesn't sound like it's it sounds like something that you're at risk of forgetting. So, if I were you, I would choose someone like like I said, like an actual person or a thing that is known for dribbling, like a certain type of dog or a a character or something, and replace that. And yeah, go. It's not too late to do stuff like that, by the way. But great. Next. Oh, so next we're going to move on to some emails that we got uh, just to tie up the, the end of this podcast. We've got a few emails, actually, so we'll just go through them now. The first one's from Jeremiah Montgomery, and he says, Hey, Luke and Phil, your system sent me an email about not falling off the wagon. We do that occasionally if you don't have any activity for a little while. I was like, hey, I know life's getting in the way, but don't let it. You know, so If you can, come and uh, watch some videos. We wanted to drop you a note and to let you know that I haven't. I'm still planning on finishing the pronunciation course, then signing up for the regular course. However, I am taking the HSK4 examination on the 26th of May. It will be a good personal benchmark and a way to sort of conclude my traditional approach to studying before switching my focus to Mandarin Blueprint. I would just say as well that uh, Jeremiah, I believe, wants to sort of do a very strict sort of regimented log of his progress with us and I'd be very interested to see how he does. So I'll be back soon but between now and then I'm focused on exam preparation. Wanted to let you know though that I already find your pronunciation course to be the best one I've ever used. Wow. And I'm recommending it to my friends. Cheers Jeremiah. Uh, thank you very much for that and yeah we're, we're looking forward to seeing your progress. I've got high hopes for you. The next one here we've got is from Colleen Bullock. She says Hi, just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate your support. I have to admit, I was really skeptical of the method. Uh, I, you know, I'd be worried if you weren't, to be honest. It seemed like a really false shell and a lot to add to, an, to all the memorization. Uh, I have been away from my Mandarin studies due to an insane season in work, but it's died down now and I'm about to set up my decks and get back into it. As I was traveling, for work and not able to really study, I kept imagining the small amount of vocab that I learned through your system and the movies I made. I have used many different methods of learning Mandarin, but I've forgotten most of it. However, amazingly, unbelievably, I remembered the movies and the words, symbols, and tones associated with them. Fantastic. I shall scoff no more. I really like this woman. Uh, <laughs> the reason I bought into your program, even though I was skeptical, was your very thorough walkthrough on setting up Anki. Yeah, um, we have to be very thorough with that one. I figured that if you cared enough to create such a thorough documentation of something sort of tangentially related to your product, you would most likely be conscientious about your own program. And I was right. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Colleen. Again, very much looking forward to uh, seeing how you do with the method as well. Uh, Jay from email. Hi guys, I have a question about on the gram building decks now that I'm into phase three. So this is sort of a more uh, functional one based on the actual course itself. 
In the lessons, your instructions for sentences is to understand them, not memorize them. Yeah, so in phase three, after you get to 105 characters, I mean, you already, uh, we basically start introducing whole sentences for you. And these sentences are made up of words you've already learned. At least the vast majority are almost completely made up of them. And the idea is just to read them and they are closed deleted, which means we delete one character from the sentence. And you sort of have to, just to make it a bit more challenging and a bit more interesting. And you can add an image to the card as well if you can, if you, if you have the time, it's really helpful to do that. And um, you go through and just, can I guess the missing character? And can I understand this sentence? You know, play the audio, the audio will play automatically actually. And then you just read it, do I get it? Or is there something I'm not quite getting about the sentence? If you get it, you, you've completed the card, brilliant. Now on how long it takes for you to forget it, that, that depends, now, that's how, how you grade yourself. All right, but anyway. Um, so what then should be my goal or process for the cards in Anki? Just like what I said. So just your goal is to read it, understand it and move on. I like them, but there are a lot. Yeah. And if I try to review all sentences for all words, my pace is going to slow considerably. Do I suspend or delete them once I reviewed and understood them once, twice? Or are they still meant to be reviewed repeatedly in normal spaced repetition? I will keep at least some around for use in shadowing, just looking for the right balance. So I'll just read the whole thing first and, and address these point by point. For example, I recently did he, meaning and. That was one, or with, sorry, uh, as well. That was one character, which was also one word that garnered me a total of 14 new cards in Anki. And it was about the simplest case, no new props, no actors uh, or sets, and no, no additional words unlocked. If I try for 10 characters in a day, that could entail 140 cards, not necessarily, but possibly. Minus those characters that weren't words, plus new props, actors and compound words. That would quickly overwhelm me. I really appreciate having the sentences and the fact that I'm able to read and comprehend them. So I don't want not to do them, but also I want to keep a good pace on the characters so I can get beyond the sentences on paragraphs, onto, onto paragraph stories and, and, and books. Your guidance is appreciated, Jay. So, okay, I'll just read the rest here. So, so, P.S. Fun fact, I've started listening to your podcast from number one. Brilliant. I was listening to one yesterday on my way to my third from last Berlitz class, just pulling into the parking structure when I heard this one from Jay Anderson about doing Berlitz. Actually, we made a YouTube video about that, that, that part as well. You can check that out. Also, just so you know, I'm anxious to be done with that one so I can spend the Berlitz is like, a, 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 I believe, a live class or an online class that he's doing. I'm anxious to be done with it so I can spend more time with Mandarin Blueprint Method, which I believe is superior, at least for what I want to do. So thank you for that, Jay, first of all. So let me try and address all these because not only are these are, there's a lot here, but they're all relevant, I believe, to a lot of people listening uh, who, who are in the method or thinking about trying it, but maybe there's a few things you aren't clear on. So first off, I'll just repeat, your, your goal with the sentence flashcards and any other content flashcards that we have past that, you know, with dialogues, uh, or um, short stories, paragraphs, or whole full stories that you get later, you're just supposed to read them, understand them. And if you have the time and you want, you have the energy, we highly suggest you do shadowing, which is what Jay actually mentions, is where you, you listen to the sentence and you read it, and at the same time, you try and speak it alongside the audio. Now, you, that's really easier to do with the EPUBs that we've made that you'll also find downloadable uh, in 
the download section of all of these where you know any any lesson that says new story unlocked or new opinion unlocked or something like that you'll find the epubs there not for sentences but for the longer form stuff in phase four and five anyway that's number ones right so that's the way to use them now the second key point and i've already told this to jay is we give you a bunch of sentences now we do mention this somewhere uh, but we don't necessarily mention it maybe clear enough right but you do not need to unsuspend all of the sentences we'll just say that now so when you get your your decks with your sentences and dialogues and all this massive loads of content in them with all this audio we, they're all suspended and we you it's up to you to unsuspend the ones that you want now we do say somewhere you only need to really if you if you want if efficiency is your goal you want to get through the the order as fast as possible then we suggest that you only unsuspend one sentence per usage so well it technically has two usages it means and and it also means with or whatever it is right so uh you know I suggest for I suggested Jay here to find we I think we give like six sentences or something like that for for her choose one right and and that's that's your sentence for her now of course if you if you want to get your deepest most solid foundation un, unsuspend all of them and review them and you'll just have more uh, you'll just be solidifying more different words that you've previously learned and characters that you've previously learned it's never going to hurt you it's only going to help you but like i said if you just want to get the minimum done so you can just rush through it um there's nothing wrong with that you know get to the end of the of the content and then maybe go back afterwards and unlock some more content you know it's all you know so that's that's one way of doing it but the key to these that the whole point of these sentences is purely just to get yourself some input and the more input you get that you understand comprehensible input if you've been following our sort of methodology the more the quicker and better you're going to acquire the language um so it's but it's at the same time it's also we also get from experience this is how we felt as well we also get wanting to get more characters under your belt you want to progress sort of i guess you could say laterally as well as vertically you want to get you want to you want to learn more deeply but you also want to learn more characters and more broadly you want to access more of the language so and that's all that's up to you but i would suggest this to you jay and anyone else who's eager to sort of cover more of the language quicker smash through the characters and anytime you get a sentence you know you learn a, it's a word lesson or a new vocabulary unlocked unlock one sorry unsuspend one sentence per usage and you'll see all the sentences there per usage laid out in the in the lesson description and it's all exact matching with your Anki decks and you can just go oh I like that sentence that's that looks cool I'll unsuspend that one the other two sentences for that usage I'm not bothered right now maybe I'll come back later that's what I would suggest um okay oh and also yes please don't delete the cards right so the space repetition thing this is how Anki works once you get good at Anki it's fantastic it takes a while to get good at it though but you're working your way through this card. you decide when the card comes up next because if you read that sentence you're like, oh i just read that sentence pretty easily pretty quickly you just click easy and i believe the multiplier is like 200 percent. so 
for example, if you just pressed OK, like good, then it might come up in two days. But if you press easy, it will come up in four or five days from now. And then if you press easy again, it, it multiplies. So you'll very quickly hardly ever see that sentence if it's continuously easy. So please don't suspend them or delete them unless, here's an example that you might want to suspend them, right? If you did what you've been doing so far, unlocking all of the sentences and it's too much, you can maybe suspend a couple that are of the same usage. Do you see what I mean? So, but as a rule, don't worry about that. Just instead of suspending them, just click easy, 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 easy. See it again? Okay, easy. Don't want to see that for a while. So the, the problem solves itself. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to get much more, if you just unsuspend every sentence that you get in your in your flashcards, you're going to be taking on a lot of content and sort of, I guess you could say laterally, you're going to be progressing rather slowly, but you'll also be learning in such a deep, broad way. It's neither way is bad or good. It's just they're both good in their own ways, right? Uh, yeah. But, well, that, that, took a, that took a while to answer, but I hope that I've... Uh, I've answered that right. Yeah, I think I've answered everything there. So well done, Jay. Keep keep at it, mate. Um, next one we've got Christopher Glover. Uh, hi there, thanks for your email. So by the way, all these most of these people are answering. We, we send out just emails every now and then, like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, how is your progress? You know, what's your biggest barrier to Chinese learning? Um, how, you know, what's your goal? You know, we just send out these random emails sometimes to people because uh, just to start a conversation. So this is an example of that. Uh, Christopher says, I'm interested in taking your course at the moment. However, I'd like to know a little bit more. I, I've, I've subscribed to the free free week, the free trial, but I can't actually see how many lessons there are for my level. Could you let me see that in any way? I'm in my third year of learning Chinese, so I know probably about 1,200 characters, but really need to get onto that next level with my speaking. I like the idea of learning stories for that purpose. I'm a little surprised to hear you saying that Chinese grammar is not complicated. Of course, it doesn't have the verb sentences like English does, but the word order of Chinese is clearly quite difficult once you get to a higher level. I'm just beginning HSK5, but wow, is it boring. Anyway, I'm hoping your system is for me, but I can't see that from what I've seen on your website. Looking forward to your reply. Christopher in Kunming. Now, this is an interesting one. Phil is, I think he's just finished writing a huge article that we're going to publish soon, all about intermediate learners and the Mandarin Blueprint method. Because as most of you know, currently we only cover 600 characters and we're working our butts off trying to, trying to expand that, uh, double that at least to 1200. But someone like Christopher, when he might ask, is this course for me? It's tough to say because it depends on so many factors. It depends on how well he knows those 1200 characters. You know, if he's working on HK5, I would say definitely there's going to be a lot that you already um, know uh, that you might might frustrate certain learners. You know, if, if we're teaching you like coal, you know, for mouth and all these, and e and r and all this sort of stuff, you might think, well, this is, this is so basic. But also, I would say that, and I think Phil will say this much much better than I could, which is basically think about the Mandarin Blueprint method as teaching you the giving you the tools to move on at the pace that you want. So for example, we teach you the hands and moving method. And yes, we, we only cover 600 characters, but think about it more in terms of the skills that you're developing. You could then, 
if you don't want to wait for us to exp expand or you can't wait, you, you need to pass these exams quicker, you could go out and get a list, for, say, for example, the Heisig method. You could go buy his two books, the Heisig and Richardson, Remembering the Simplified or Hands It, right? And you could go and buy both of those books and you could apply our methodology that you learn to them. And you, you could, for example, you could still get some reading practice in with us. Um, but you can come this is the cool thing that I think is really cool about not to, again not to toot my own horn but like or our own horns but it's like uh, it sounded weird but uh, to uh, you can, the, the cool thing about one of the cool things about the, the Mandarin Blueprint Method as well is that it is sort of a core knowledge so we, that you can apply to loads of other things so for example I always recommend to people link.com l-i-n-g-q.com if you know but you can keep learning characters and words, and you can even use our flashcards, the templates that we give you to create your own flashcards for higher level words. Um, you could also use our, the chairman's bow is fantastic. I actually know one of the guys, one of the um, co-founders of that, and he's, he's a great guy, and they've got a great product. It's very specific. It's for intermediate, mainly, or pre-intermediate and advanced learners of Chinese who want to take it to that next level but it's graded readers based on real Chinese news stories. So you could sign up for that too. But you can use our order and our techniques, the way we teach you to learn words, uh, the philosophy behind learning grammar, or based on you know, top scientific research in, into linguistics. You can apply all this to whatever you want. And we give a 90-day guarantee now. So, like, you know, so... You could you could learn all the stuff you want, and if you wanted to, if you wanted to be mean, you could just get all your money back. I mean, we're 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 here to help for the most part, and we want to keep the lights on, of course. But um, all I can say is, it will most likely help you a lot. I can't I can't guarantee, uh, but you look like a person, Christopher, that is uh, willing to put work in. You made it this far after all, so uh, I think uh, I think it'll it'll be right up your alley. But anyway you know uh let me know uh next one is from uh, william edmedes from email hey guys i've recently been itching to review as many cards as possible in my anki deck kind of like an addiction yes it is it starts off as it's kind of like learning to well i don't know actually I'm trying to think of an analogy for it but yeah it starts off as annoying and troublesome to some people and then those same people come back a month later and they're kind of like, I haven't done my Anki. I haven't done my Anki. I haven't done my Anki. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's, it is a strange one. It sort of grows on you. And I'm worried that uh, reviewing heaps of cards at once won't be as effective as keeping them spaced out. Is this a good thing to keep in mind or am I overthinking this? By the way, still doing Anki every day. It's just that sometimes I do more than usual. Cheers, William. Okay. Uh, yeah, you want to try and finish your reviews. If your reviews are piling up, like you, you look at it, you know, you, you, you were sick or you just had a holiday and you didn't do them for a week or a few days and you've got like 600 or 700 or 500 reviews sitting in your Anki, I would suggest you get rid of those as soon as possible. Even if you sort of review them a little bit too quickly, um, get rid of those green, like that big green number and try And yeah, the next day you'll still have more than usual and then you get rid of them and the next day you'll still have a bit more than usual and it takes a few days to die down, but you need to get that under control as quickly as possible. Um, so 
but also and that that's usually happens a few times until sort of veteran anki users like ourselves we we learn to take the number of new cards very seriously and remember you don't have to do new cards if you oh by the yeah it's another thing don't worry about that blue number until the green number is under control so the the green number is at a normal level you know like a 50 100 cards a day or 200 whatever it is your normal number of views a day once that's under control then start doing new cards again but just be careful if you start getting excited it, routine is very key and having an un you know, for everything i think in life to be honest i mean most things is you need, a routine really helps when it comes to sleeping when it comes to eating when it comes to learning that's just my two cents on that so even if you're like i want to study more today maybe you know that's fine but just be prepared for what's coming you know because the next two you gotta think not just of today you gotta think of the next two days after that or three days even all these extra reviews is going to come up so yeah maybe you're ready to up your new cards a day or new lessons a day from 30 to 50 and just try that take it easy it's kind of like training at the gym i guess you don't want to try and put on too much weight um and get you get yeah, you get the idea. I'm going to stop with my analogy now at this point. Um, Daniel Leo Simpson on bonus video: the type six types of Chinese character, part three of three. So there's lots of bonus videos you'll find in the Mandarin Blueprint method. We talk about how to write Chinese characters, the different types of strokes, uh, components, all this sort of stuff. Just a bit of theory that we thought you might find interesting that we used to teach back in the day. Um, and yeah, he wrote a nice little review of it. So he said, wow, well done video. It really helps explaining the meaning, pronunciation, relationship of these types of characters. Uh, this is in the Mandarin Blueprint Method, one of the early, earlier units, you'll find these. And I'm gonna say it again, the background music is excellent. <laughs> That's good. Uh, unobtrusive, but totally enhances the video experience with the right mood. Most won't even notice it, which is why it's so good. It achieves its purpose without calling attention to itself. Such a great course. And now I'm doing both the pronunciation and the Mandarin Blueprint method course. Material each day and keeping Anki on zero due. That means that he's getting rid of those green numbers. And the blue, the blue numbers, are, I guess, as well. So that's good. <clears throat> For both courses, he's doing that. That's fantastic. I've had to put the Mandarin Blueprint method in Excel, which really helps give me a single page view of the entire course with all my props sets, actors, scenes, etc., that I've covered so far. Best investment of a language course I've ever made, and I've tried a lot of them, believe me, LOL. Thank you for this great learning experience, Daniel Leo Simpson, composer from San Francisco. Thank you very much for those kind words, Daniel. That's awesome. That makes us, this again, we've said this before, that's the sort of stuff that keeps us going, you know, that's brilliant. And that's actually all we have for today. So it was a bit longer than usual, wasn't it? So uh, for those of you still listening, thank you very much for listening. And please follow these the, the example of the people that have commented today. Share your ideas on the platform. Uh, comment. And if you're listening to this and you haven't tried our stuff yet, we've got free trials. And the Pronunciation Mastery course is still free for another five or six weeks so get it sign up whilst you can and yeah that's all for now anything you need at all any questions that you want answered very quickly 
just get in touch with Phil and I at contact at mandarinblueprint.com. And anything that you want specifically to be on the podcast or related to the podcast that you've got questions about, podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. See you soon. Thank you.